Thank you, Cindy. Good morning. Oh. Wow. You know, Ron was talking about yesterday, and did, did you say that I had the numbers? I mean, I've heard so many numbers, I don't know which number is right. I just know the number that I'm not going to share, and that's the number of pieces of bacon that I ate. Because I'm afraid I'd get back to my cardiologist and he would not be happy, but I just couldn't resist. It, but it was absolutely incredible to see the look on those children's faces. We had so many people gathered in here to eat. We had to, we had to set up extra tables out in the foyer. Um, it was so exciting. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to our volunteers. I, can I just recognize those of you who helped yesterday? I know that several of the, the teenagers, would you raise your hand? And uh, help us to, wow, thank you for, for helping us yesterday and making that event possible. Um, and then, please, if you will, take one of these. This is our uh, winter ministry magazine. Uh, there's some uh, individual faith stories, in, faith stories in here, as well as a lot of information. Two, three of the... Um, uh, ministries that are coming up after the first of the year I want to highlight this morning. The first is that we're going to do a parenting class on Sunday morning. There's been a lot of interest in this. We're going to do it on Sunday morning. Uh, it's called Raising Kingdom Kids. It starts on January the 9th, and you'll hear more about that, the opportunity to get signed up uh, for that Sunday morning class. The second is Emotionally Healthy spirituality, and then emotionally healthy relationships. I personally am going to be teaching emotionally healthy spirituality at 5 o'clock on Sundays. be eight Sundays. Um, would love to have you in that class. And some of you I may even buttonhole and say, hey, you need to be in there. I've, been, uh, I've gone through both of these classes and really impressed with the, the faith stories that I hear back from people on how it has affected their personal relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, their prayer life, their daily devotions, and, and the effect that it has of, 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 of learning how to listen to God in emotionally healthy um, spirituality and, and, and kind of getting into our own emotional stuff so we get that out of the way, and then learning how to listen to each other in emotionally healthy relationships. So... Uh, pay attention to those. Take the opportunity to sign up if you haven't already taken it. And some of you, I know that several people have taken Emotionally Healthy Spirituality uh, two, at least two times uh, because it kind of holds you accountable to that daily practice of prayer. Well, we're moving toward Christmas. Day by day, uh, event by event, marking things off our list. And uh, in two weeks, we are going to experience the longest night of the year and the shortest day. And it, it dawned on me as I was working on this sermon this week that it seems as if the longest night has already come and it has stayed. Any of you live that? It just seems like the nights get longer and longer. Um, and, and what I'm talking about is the darkness of our soul, the threat that we sometimes feel to our lives and, 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 and to our faith. Um, our culture is choked. It, it's choked with threats to our values, with the political 
chaos that seems to be a part of our government these days with, with the, the, not just world violence, but violence that's affecting our communities. Darkness threatens to dampen the Christmas spirit. Um, and, and unfortunately, and, and this is what is so maddening to me, usually as we get into the Christmas season, the, you know, the national spotlight uh, you know, is shined upon the hope of Christmas, the peace of Christmas, the love of Christmas, and how it brings people together. This year it seems to be shining upon that which is negative and that which divides people. It magnifies our anxiety. We all know that the world has always been unstable and that this human existence is vulnerable. And God knows that there will often be turmoil around us that will impact us. Bad things happen to all of us at one time or another. If we deny that reality and think that somehow our belief in Jesus Christ insulates us with the difficulties of this life, then it, it, it erodes away to our ability to mature as a Christian and, and to face whatever comes in, in confidence. But out of the shadows, there are those who want to dim our experience. They point to that which is negative and they say, where is God in all this turmoil? Where is God? I know where God is. God is with the mother whose child cries through the night. And she doesn't know, because of her fatigue, how she will make it through another day. God is with the soldier on the battlefield who is surrounded by death. God is with uh, those persons who are struggling in the relationships and they wonder if they can make it through just another day. God is with those who are struggling financially and those who are, are struggling just to put food on the table. God is with that father who stands at the graveside child. God is with those who are hurting, those who need. And friends, that is what this sermon is about as we talk about the peace of God. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our redeemer. May these words be your words, O oh God. And for all that I don't speak, I pray that you would fill in the gaps. Hide me behind the cross, O oh God, that we would hear your word. Speak to us, O oh God. Make us yours, whole and complete. Amen. <clears throat> Cindy read for you the prophecy of Zechariah there in chapter 1 of Luke. The last two verses uh, read like this. They are in reference to Jesus. By thy tender mercy of God of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. For 400 years prior to the birth of Jesus, there was silence among the Israelites. 
It had been 400 years since a prophet had arose to speak for God. It had been 400 years since they had heard a word from God. Well, they had the Torah. They had their traditions. They had their ceremonies. They had their law. But where was God? And then in the months before Jesus' birth, it begins. It begins slowly at first, and then it builds to an incredible crescendo of God's word. The prophecy of Zechariah and of Simeon, the dream of Joseph, or dreams of Joseph and Mary. How the angels would come and speak to those who would come afar to bring gifts to Jesus and to proclaim the good news of the one who was born in Bethlehem to angels. There was an absolute explosion now of God's prophecy and God's word and God's speaking to his people. And one would think, was God really silent for those 400 years? Or were the people just not listening? At any rate, they were listening now, and God was speaking loudly. The problem was, though, that this message was different than any that the Israelites had heard before. They equated salvation with political deliverance, with an overthrow of those who oppressed them. But John the Baptist comes to speak of one who brings a different kind of deliverance. Uh, A a deliverance from the battle that exists within. Not around us, but within. John the Baptist came to prepare the way for the one who would deliver that age and every age. From that which was separating us from God ourselves for Christ brings the day spring of the dawn to show us the way Christ brings the light to shine in the deepest darkest longest night Christ comes without any consideration of wealth or position or (laughs) or power Jesus comes to all. And we are called to receive him. Now, I want to make a distinction, and I've made this before, and I want to continue to just emphasize this, that there is a difference between knowing and understanding. There's there's a difference between knowing and understanding that that Jesus lived, that Jesus... taught that Jesus was crucified, that Jesus was raised from the dead, knowing that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus was the Savior. There's a difference between knowing and receiving Him as Savior. Have we received Him? Have we received Him? Because only in receiving Him can we experience the full confidence of living for him. Only in receiving him can we receive the light that shines in the darkness of our souls. Only in receiving him can the battle within us be quieted that we might find peace. The alternate, of course, is to live in fear. 
to live in fear, to be freaked out when anything goes wrong. And and this often causes us to be self-involved, to be consumed or distracted by our own situations instead of being focused on God, to be focused on on the work of God's Spirit among us, and even worse, to to, to be distracted from those that we love. Not worse, but just as bad. If we lose touch with God, we're probably going to lose touch with everything. You know, the Bible speaks often of peace. In both the Old and the New Testament, depending on how you translate the Greek and the Hebrew, and the different words for peace that are used, well over 300 times is God's peace referenced. This is a major, and, and peace comes through trust and confidence. For example, in Isaiah 26, it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Paul writes in Colossians, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. In Romans he writes, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And then in chapter 2, 14 of Luke, with the angels, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Scriptural peace is not an absence of war or conflict. It is a peace from within. It is a confidence. And it is a trust that even though we may be experienced the longest night, there is a dawn that is coming brighter than any dawn that we have ever seen. I don't know about you, but sometimes my strength fails. And, and I begin to ask myself, what, what will we do? What will I do when, when the trials of life are before me? Will I turn to my own devices and make decisions that will cause me to have less time for God? and other? Will, will I forget the times in the past that God has brought me through the tough times? Will I forget... The blessings, the healings, the miracles, and every good thing that God has done. That is our tendency. You know, we have experienced God. We experienced the goodness of God. We have experienced what God can do. We experienced the, the greatness of God. We, we have read and understood and heard. And then we forget. It's time for us to stop believing those voices of the night. It is time for us to lift our eyes to the the star of Bethlehem and the promise of what is coming. It is time for us to lay our troubles at the foot of our Lord and to know that no matter how bad things might be, the dawn is coming. And and I wish that I could understand the evil that is in this world. I, I can't. God's ways are far above my ways, but this I know. I trust in the God who created the universe. 
I trust in the God who continues to come in every hour of need. I trust and have confidence that no matter what may come, the victory of God is ours. The dawn is coming. God is at work even when we cannot see God. So let us, when the trials come, look to Jesus and let us not allow the world to destroy the victory that is ours. Let us not let the voices convince us that all is lost. Let us not listen to the deceiving, lying voices of this world, but let us instead listen in silence to what God has for us in that direction that leads us forward to the places that he would have us go. The longer that I live, the the more that I believe that everything is in God's hands. Now, there was a time when I was more inclined to think I could solve (laughs) most everything on my own. But I have learned that when I take that control, God usually teaches me a lesson and a hard one at that. Yes. So let us say yes to the one who comes. Let us say yes to the one who brings light in the darkness. Let us say yes to the one who gives us confidence and reason to trust. Let us say yes to the one who brings peace. And in this season to come, what can we do to find that peace? Take time. Take time to rest. Take time, even if it is but just a few moments as the day begins or in the middle of the day, to take and separate oneself for those few moments to listen, to be still, to be quiet, and to hear and to hear what God has for us. He may not speak to us every time, but there will be a day Take time for the sacred and hold tight to those you love. The Christmas carol that I love so much, Be be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. Peace.